They say love is patient, they say love is kind Marriage on the other hand takes those things plus wine Spousing is a journey, not for the faint of heart Being married to a human is a science and an art Hey Lauren Hey Katie I am so happy to be talking to you. How's your day going? It's great. I'm actually talking to you from my house. Your house. I know. I hear it's nice and spacious, but can you elaborate for our listeners uh, what you mean? I absolutely can. So Caitlin and I have officially closed on and we're about nine days into our home ownership journey. Uh, We bought the biggest, like most, we keep calling it the giant monster house. It's like a huge, massive house and it needs a ton of work. Um, but it's been such a cool time for us to get to get our hands on projects together and feel really, um, well, a lot of them are failures. And so <laughs> it's like, that's kind of stuff you don't ever like really talk about. A lot of stuff, it's like, I don't really know how to do this, but there's, it's really amazing to find out how much we can do. Right. Well, and also you have to fail in order to learn. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just how it's going to be. So I, you're, you have to be learning so much about the house too. And Absolutely. also about like how to be handy. Uh-huh. No, it's true. I, I said to my neighbor yesterday, I was like, you know, I've learned more in the last nine days than I've learned in, like, all of my cumulative adulthood. Like, it's just, like, amazing. Yes. Oh, now I know about how to rewire a switch and a, you know, I don't know. Yesterday, yeah. I said, I fit a pizza box in the fridge and I felt really accomplished. <laughs> yes, that's very, wait, you put a pizza box in the fridge? Yeah. Oh, that's very, because the fridge is able to, like, work, it's plugged in and stuff? Yes, the fridge currently works, it's broken, like, the actual frame of it is broken so it will need to be replaced eventually but oh but it keeps pizza cold it keeps pizza cold which is all you need it for well so you um the house is going to be taking up a big part of your summer and that kind of leads us i'm going to try to uh engineer a segue into an announcement that we have for our listeners um so in the grand tradition of public school uh teaching and scheduling we are going to take a summer break on this podcast um we are planning to return in the fall but we're just going to take a step back over the summer both of us are um lucky enough to have a lot on our plate including basically renovating an entire house like (laughs) moving the pieces bit by bit into a whole new home um you've got big plans i've got big plans so we're just going to take a step back and We will see you guys in the fall, but to start this episode off, we thought, um, we've got some questions that we're going to answer. We're going to do a Q&A episode, but we thought we would start off um, with an old uh, thing that we did, that we kind of stopped doing for a bit of time, uh, our State of the Unions. So, um, yeah, Lauren, with that, I mean, do you have anything to say about the break before we jump into the State of the Unions? Um, No, I think, you know, summer vacation is good for for everybody, so we'll, we're excited to get back and see you guys again, and... um, and, yeah. we'll, and we'll have a lot of updates. So let's start with the State of the Union, um, our, which is a, a nice little throwback segue. Things are really, really um, moving along. There's a lot of changes happening in, the, in my marriage, in the employment um, sector, and in the uh, homeownership sector. And I think what, what we've really been learning is that the um, specificity of language, accuracy of language is so, so important. Yeah. And it's really challenged us in communication in terms of, uh, trying to communicate about things that are really hard or there's no terminology for them or there is terminology and we just don't know. Right. Um, so we've had to learn to be like, okay, slow down. What, what do you mean by that? 
And like, and also we're so like brain dead. Caitlin kept talking to me about the roof today, the roof, the roof, the roof. And I was like, I love you and I'm with you, but I think you mean the fence. (laughs) She's like, oh yeah, the fence. (laughs) Yes. You have to go so slow. And especially when you're learning something new together, like that is definitely something that I notice in myself that when I am out of my depth in something and I have to, I have to help Mark navigate it. I get really flustered and overwhelmed and then I can like project my anxiety about not understanding the thing onto him. And so it sounds like this. Um, Why is it that you are not completely understanding me when in reality it's just that I do not know what I'm talking about and Uh I'm not describing it in the right way? So then I get very angry at him about that. And so, yeah, you're right. The specificity of language. Yes, it's actually striving for accuracy is a habit of mind. Mark will know this. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's it's very super important. I've also noticed that... um, I get very flustered when I get asked a question I don't know the answer to. And so I've had to be like, why would I know that? Like, of course I don't know that. (laughs) I've noticed that about myself too, but instead of like, do you get flustered or do you like try, I catch myself like pretending to know the answer and then being like, why am I acting like I know what I'm talking about? I have no idea. Right. No, I think I get a little defensive. I'm like, what? (laughs) Why would I know that? Yeah. Why are you even asking me? Like, wow. Okay. Slow down. And and it's because it's funny because when we like really break it down, Caitlin will be like, well, there's just a lot of things that, and it goes both ways. Like there's a lot of things that she knows, especially when it comes to like health and um, the human body anatomy and all that stuff that I'm like, why would I know that? You know, like, I don't know, Uh, but she would. And so I just assume she knows a lot of things and, and the vice versa is true about like, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is my field of knowledge are in. She'll yeah. ask me something and she'll be like, well, in her mind, she's like, well, I don't, you know a lot of things I don't know, so why would I not know that you don't know this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny that, like, we react, like, kind of sp- in like a little bit of a spicy way to our partners when they when they do that because I'm thinking about if our coworkers were to ask us something that, like, we didn't know or um, that was, like, seemed like a stupid question, we would probably be a lot more generous with them and a lot more yeah. patient. But with our partners, we're like, you should know not to ask me that. Yeah, we always bite back. Like yeah. That's unnecessary. Right, it's just clear. I mean, yet again, we play out our, like, um, like emotional subconscious dramas onto our partners. Yes, exactly. Um, well, okay. so let me give you my State of the Union. Can I yeah. do that? So I really want you to. Going into the summer, um, I if I was to just, like, sum up what Mark and I are, like, thinking about and learning right now is that Going into the summer, we have a lot of things on our schedule. We've got like 100 weddings. We've got a vacation coming up. Mark is on a different job schedule. I have to be working a lot more often. And so we're kind of, and we've got this like garden that requires a lot. So we have a lot of like shared chores and we also have a lot of separate things. So we have to be really intentional, I guess, about our time together because otherwise, and I don't mean intentional about making sure that we're spending time together. I mean, intentional like making sure that the time that we're spending together is spent in patience and humility. And I think that the thing that we've been focusing on, we've been really focusing on this for like the last two months. And I think that like, this is like kind of almost like we've already stated this out loud as a goal for our summer that we just want to continue to work on our friendship. Um, We are really good Mm -hmm. co-managers of our life and we are really good, um, we, like, love each other like family, right? And, we, you know, and, and not, mm-hmm. like, these are our kind of automatic ways of being. Um, but we have to be intentional about being, having our friendship there. And so mm-hmm. it's actually really fun, like, making that as a priority. Like, we are, like, just kind of building shared interests, building, like, 
doing fun things together instead of just chores, you know, um, chores or like snuggling. <laughs> We're trying to find like a halfway in between. So I would say that is the state of the union coming up this summer that we are just like, we're crazy busy and we're also mm-hmm. in transition time. And I'm also adjusting to the fact that like Mark being a teacher and like taking the summers to do a different job every summer is a transition for me too. You know how mm-hmm. like that it affects the fact that he like now sleeps in later than me affects me. Um, <clears throat> and the fact that he gets home later than I do also affects me too. So we are trying very hard to like prioritize the things that matter, which is just being nice and enjoying each other. Cause it's summer and we both Absolutely. like don't want to waste it away. Yeah, I like that. That's Thanks. and that's that goes back to our like one of our spousing spousing anthems, one of our spousing top hits. Um, the fact <laughs> that it's a long marriage because you can see patterns that arise and like okay, when we get really busy, we tend to miss like like ships in the night, like we miss each other, you know. Yeah. And uh, being and you know when that's going to happen, and you can sense it coming up, and you can let yourself roll into that same pattern, or you can be like, hey, we know this happens. When, when X occurs, when X external factors are around, we tend to miss each other. So let's be really intentional about digging into that friendship piece. Yeah, and I think that the big part of being friends for us is being patient with each other because when we are kind of missing each other in the night, there's a lot of like, um, I don't know, tension around expecting. If we're stressed and overwhelmed, we always like, we have this thought like, um, you're the person that loves me. You should be doing your best to not stress me out. And then, and that's like a reasonable thought up to a certain extent. And then we start getting to the, like, if somebody just kind of does something that's without our, like outside of our expectations. And I don't mean like our verbal stated expectations, but like if Mark, you know, comes home later than expected, or if I forget to do something or whatever, we can be really reactive to it. And so when we're patient, um, it's a lot easier to be friends, you know? So it's just Uh, a reminder to us. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. so that's good stuff yeah thanks I'm really like I love like having these conversations with you I'm excited that we're taking a little break to kind of rest and recharge but like it is it's nice to have some good stuff conversations it's also very yeah, good stuff I, about striving I, for accuracy beyond elementary school yeah I find yeah I find that I reflect in preparation for the podcast I reflect on my marriage a lot and that makes me a better spouse yeah, we should all reflect on our marriages more often. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking um, of which. Yes. So we opened this week's episode up as a Q&A onto, um, on our Instagram. We got some great cues that we'd love to A. So mm-hmm. we're going to start with um, what's one inside joke or reference that you constantly make with your spouse and why? Oh, my gosh. This comes from our gold star question asker. Oh my gosh. Okay, wait, hold on. I've got like, we have so many, but of course, as soon as you ask me that question, they like completely dart out of my head. I know. I thought about, I thought about texting you earlier to be like, I know. I actually asked Caitlin, I was like, she, and she said the same thing. She's like, we have so many, but the one we keep coming back to is, um, we started it when we were planning the wedding. It was, everything is 20% harder than it needs, than like, and we always compare it to like, Okay, if we needed to accomplish task X, so we set out to accomplish ta- task X, but we actually can't accomplish tax, uh, task X until there's t- tasks, uh, paragraph four, section one, person three, like <laughs> there's mm-hmm. all of these like back, backup tasks. So we always say like, oh, everything is 20% harder. And then now with the house, we've been up in the percentage, like, oh, it's like 30%. Eh, what do you think this is? Like 35, 40%? Okay, good. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. That is, uh, so I don't know, like off the top of my head, it's hard for me to think of a specific inside joke. We like, 
there's a lot of like quotes that we use from like TV shows that we like and we use them in like weird situations like um Mark and I both love um well okay so we love Friday Night Lights. Um, this is like both of our like shared favorite TV show. Also, my favorite married couple of all of television is on Friday Night Lights. Um, and if you are a Friday Night Lights watcher, you know that in the beginning of it, there's um, a, in, like in the opening credits, there's a shot where Connie Britton, who plays the, the wife of the married couple that we love, um, kind of turns around and like flails her arms in the air. Famously parodied by Amy Schumer in her... Uh, wonderful sketch about spoof on Friday Night Lights. Um, And so a lot of times when Mark and I do something like stupid or silly that like the other person like catches us in like a dumb act, we will do, we will flip our hands around in the air like Connie Britton in that scene. Um, Or we'll (laughs) often say like, um, you're gonna die, Charlie, from Lost. So we do a lot of, in like context that they don't belong in. But I think our our favorite running bit is... um, asking every single animal if they see that, that we see if they know Millie <laughs> yeah. if they've met Millie and then we will engage in a long conversation about like the scenario in which Millie and that animal might have met yes. so that's like our, one of our running things I love that yeah we do a lot of there's a lot of dog related conversations too that is the benefit of having a dog is that it gives you a third party to like like talk it gives you something to talk about it gives you like a shared like something that is shared and equally loved by both people I know. so it's like a kid but like that. less I've pressure seen, exactly i've seen that in my parents marriage too like my mom didn't really we didn't have pets growing up but my mom has terrible allergies and they got the, a puppy six years ago and uh, it has been a really cool thing to watch them kind of bond over the dog because you know it's just it's a cute little fluffy thing and they both love it and of course you know there's I love both loving the same thing brings up some friction too. I can yeah, see that it does. Relationship. Sometimes Caitlin will like you know do something that I wouldn't do with the dog, and then we're like, "Oh, this is good practice for parenting because yeah. we need to have a, a way to go about this." Yeah. Okay. Are we ready for our next question? We are. Um. So lessons learned from moving into a new house together with your spouse. Okay. Um. I will take the lead on this one since you took the lead on the last. So. I would say that I'm still, Mark and I lived together um, for several years with various roommates. We lived with my friend Alex, and then we also lived with my brother for a while, and then we moved in together, just the two of us, um, about, like, it'll be, we're going on our fourth year, so it was right around three years, um, like, this month. Um, And so I'm still learning things, I think, about living together um I still feel like we're newly moved in together but one of the things that I wish that I had learned earlier like if I could give advice to people that are moving in together it's that um I guess so let me back up and say one of my common thoughts that I have is that when I'm frustrated with something like um for instance if I was living on my own um if I like got lost in an activity in the afternoon and I didn't want to make dinner and I wasn't very hungry, I might just like have an apple with peanut butter or like a couple scrambled eggs. And like, that wouldn't be a big deal to me. But Mark is very particular about how dinner is done. And it's my chore. I've taken it on for a number of reasons. And this is a long story for another time. But if I do not feel like cooking dinner and I have agreed to cook dinner, I will often have the thought, if I lived by myself, this would not be an issue, Uh, which is on its face true. But then 
I am just now actually starting to really, and this is stupid because of course I knew this, but like I'm just now starting to really own the fact that, yeah, but like I don't want to live on my own, so I just need to get the hell over it. So I would say that like there's a lot, not it's not the yes year phenomenon, uh, but there is a lot to be said for um, just recognizing that you're going to have to really eat crow a lot and like do shit you don't want to do because you don't want to, you love your partner, <laughs> you oh know? Oh my God, I was literally, literally, I have ceiling paint on my head as we speak because we were just painting the ceiling and um, there's a spot on one of the ceilings that I, that we were, that we were not planning to paint. So I was, Caitlin had the genius idea that if we go to the garage, we might find some old paint. And so we did. And we pulled out two cans of old paint and found the one that matched, which is a miracle, a true miracle. And so we painted just that one spot so we didn't have to do the whole thing. And I go to put the, the lid back on the ceiling paint, and she goes, that's the lid from the old paint. You're, like, you're going to get crust, like paint crust in the new paint. And I was like, nah, it's fine. It's whatever. It's yeah, like cool. who cares? It's what, yeah, it's fine. And then I <laughs> opened up the new paint, and I was like, Hmm, there's all this crusty shit in here. Oh my god. See and he, if you had accepted her influence, lesson to learn. Girl, you're not wrong. And so we were just like kind of like we started I, and so and I was able to say like, hmm, like, I wish somebody had warned me about this. Yeah. We were, like, just died laughing. We've been it's true. I feel like we're in this house is a, is like a prep for a baby. Like we're in the loopy new parenthood stage. And yeah, it's relationship incubation. You're just growing and like festering. Festering. <laughs> and lit, today we're sitting on the floor, sitting on the floor in the doorbell aisle at Lowe's, just cracking up. <laughs> like I don't even know what about. But I don't know. It's just accepting your partner's influence is really important. And what were, you were just saying that like oh that if you were if you lived by yourself this wouldn't be an issue. And that that's definitely a through line of I think you know marriage and accepting your partner's influence right the way we we always phrase that which is one of the things that we one of our inside jokes we always say which again started we were planning our wedding our first like really big project together I think um was if I were married to me this is what I would would do Mm -hmm. and so and that's a it's a gentle way that we are able to communicate with each other because I, I I'm saying this is if I was doing this the way I would do it, this is how I would do it. But I'm not going to do it that way because I'm not married to me. I'm married to you, and I want to find the idea in the compromise. Yes, you have other goals other than just like getting the thing over with that you like in the way that you want to. I love that way of saying that too because I feel like the way you just gave me such good vocabulary for this because sometimes I feel like I'll say, I wish that you would do this or. It would be my preference if you would X, Y, or Z. Because I think that I'm trying to give him explicit, like, like let him know explicitly what I'm looking for from him. But I think that that is the way, like, saying if I were married to me, this is what I would want. Like, this is what I would do. Is a good way of saying your your wants and your desires without, like, making the other person feel like garbage. You know what I mean? Without putting yeah. comparing them to an unrealistic standard. And you're also owning that it's kind of your thing, not, like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I really do. It's been very helpful, especially with our big house project right now, having to make 6,000 decisions all the time. There are some, and, I, and I've actually been using what we talked about last week with I'll let you take the lead on this. There are some things I, I don't want to make every decision in this house. That's why I got married. I only want to make half the decisions. And so there's right. some things I'm like, girl, you, you do you. Yes, and you know she, what? Our partners tend to make very, very good decisions. Yes, so, like, we have a beautiful new mailbox I never would have installed. Never. Yeah, I love that mailbox. 
Mm, we just put numbers on it, Katie. It's so cute. Oh, what Katie keeps telling me house? we have a sexy address. Oh, because yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that it's got some numbers in it that are sexy numbers. I guess. I don't know. Are some numbers sexier than other numbers? What digits are sexy to you, Katie? I don't know, but I was never allowed to wear shirts from Agrocrombie and Fitch that had 69 on the back, so mm. that's all I have to say. Well, those are, and we don't have six or nine in our address. I would say that seven is a sexy number. Seven is seven a very, either. well, I think that you think seven is a sexy number because of 007. Oh. There's well, some I, swagger with that I number. I like it. I think I like the um, the the slant, the italics, oh, yeah. the root of the seven. Uh huh. It's a very like ar- architectural number. Yeah. I okay. Agree. Let's do a right. question. The next question. <laughs> what is this? Not fascinating content. Yeah. Um, I mean, deciding. <laughs> so we're gonna answer a question from Shauna, who lives in D.C. Hey, Shauna. She wants to know about um, deciding what city to live in, how jobs and family, oh sorry, when jobs and family are far away, how do you negotiate? This is a really good one. Mm. And I know Katie has some thoughts. Yeah. So um, for us, it came down to, um, so we, Mark and I had a really unique situation uh, in which our, Mark's schooling happened to locate us right near all of his family and friends at a time where I was looking for a new job. And so I was able to find a job in the area where um, he was going to go back to school and where all of our family and friends were. So it was a relatively easy decision, I guess. Um, But what I would say is the things that are the hardest for us to negotiate and So my family, and so out of my group of closest family and friends, my dad and my stepmom live in Virginia. My mom lives in Florida. My brother lives in Colorado. Two of my best friends are moving to California in a couple of weeks. Um, Two of my best friends live in Richmond. You live in Virginia Beach. And we live, you know, the closest person to us are our friends and family in Richmond, and that's five and a half hours away um, on 95. So it's not, like, an easy experience to go and see people. And so I would say that Mark and I are still in the middle of negotiating what this is going to look like Mm -hmm. because um, when we moved here, it was kind of a, we don't know what it's like, what our life is going to look like in two years. This could be temporary. So for a long time, we've been having conversations about, okay, is this temporary? Is this not temporary? What is this? Um, And the more and more it's looking like it's not temporary, meaning the more, I get settled in this amazing job that I have, the more, um, you know, this, we realize that, like, t- being a teacher in Pennsylvania, if you can get a job as a teacher in Pennsylvania, like, that's a pretty good gig. That is a good gig. Yeah, so we're pretty, um, and the fact that, like, where would we move? Like, not back to my family or friends, because I, they're all kind of everywhere. So we're thinking we're probably going to stay here, and now the conversation that I anticipate that we're going to be having soon is about... Um, how we're going to prioritize our lives. Yeah, how we're going to prioritize our lives in order to make sure that I am still able to have my, um, the people that belonged to me. Um, And not that I don't um, love and value everybody that Mark has introduced me to, but it is still my family and my friends. And so we're having this conversation about, um, we have to talk about money because almost everybody that we would want to see, we're going to have to fly to. Um, we're gonna have to talk. We're probably gonna have to prioritize and shuffle around, which means that all of these people who I feel like very sad that I don't get to see on a monthly basis, um, we're probably gonna have to shuffle around and really only see some of them once a year, maybe. 
So it's going to be really, really hard. And I am thinking that the most important lessons for Mark and I so far are definitely about making sure that um, the person who ends up deciding to, and it's just a reality of it, at least for me, I can only speak from my lived experience, the person who ends up deciding that they have to make a sacrifice um, or the person that does end up sacrificing um, their job or their location or the, the proximity to their friends and family, that person gets priority on vacations, I believe. Um, and that's just gonna have to be how it is. Um, and then I also think that it's really important for the, that person to make sure that they don't blame the other. Because this is not Mark's fault that I'm far away from my family and friends in the least. And it's also important for the Mark in the situation, whoever gets the move to, um, to try very hard to not interpret any sad feelings as um, regret about the choice, unless it is, I mean, to try to communicate around this or to take it too personally, you know, because for me, I have never, ever, ever felt like I was rejecting Mark's family and friends because at the same, I can hold that at the same time that I can hold the fact that I am deeply homesick and like, yeah. and truly like stuck when it comes to what to do to see my, my people. Um, yeah. It's unresolved, but patience is the key. Patience <laughs> is the key. And I know for this listener, the question comes, especially with the idea that two, two equally advantageous jobs could be located in two different parts of the country. So what do you can do you, about that? Yeah, yeah, can you see a world where you might live separately? I know people do. Um, I could, but I, but my husband is not really, um, open to non-traditional arrangements, I think. <laughs> he's, like, and not that he's, like, a closed-minded, he's not, it's not that he's closed-minded, it's just that Mark, I don't know, actually, over time, who knows, but, like, Mark is definitely a, um, has a vision for what makes him feel comfortable, and the idea of us not being together. We already did college long distance, um, and the other thing is that, um, for Mark and I, our jobs just really do not allow us the opportunity to travel. Um, I don't know. Would you ever yeah. see your, you and Caitlin being able to do long distance as no. a serious couple? No, it wouldn't. I know it work, It works for a lot of people. It really does. And I know we have friends who are residents, and when you're, you know, there's you don't have a lot of choice in terms of where you get your residency. It's sort of like who gets, you know, who accepts you. And so they had residencies at two hospitals, both in Ohio, but they were on different sides of the state. And so even after their wedding, they like, you know, got married and they still had to live separately because that's just the nature of their work. So I count myself. Very that's also lucky. a short term situation though, too, right? It's like a true. job. If it's a short term job, fine, but you know Right. And I actually know people one of my friends who has um, ten siblings, there's ten children in their family, they their parents lived separately for a long, long time because of work things too. So I think really honestly there are no wrong choices. There's no right or wrong way to go about it. There's not, yeah. I have no feeling strong like it really is up to the couple I think and what you well, can and cannot deal with and you were hitting the nail on the head when you were talking about honest communication and making sure that you understand it's a team decision and just because you know Caitlin and I ended up in Virginia Beach actually interestingly earlier than we meant to um, I always kind of had it in my head that we would come back here I wanted to raise children near uh, one of our families and there's not Caitlin has never really felt homesick about where she grew up, and um, of course, she, I mean, she loves her family, and we, they're a huge part of our lives, but they, uh, the area in which they grew up didn't have a ton of what Caitlin needed as a kid, 
Um, and so she wanted to go. So we both, we have an uh, understanding, although now we've bought a house, so this is less of a thing. But our thing was always, we will go anywhere for the other person as long as it's like within like a major city. Like there's got to be something, you know, neither of us are really rural people. Um, and we looked at, like at one point she was looking into like some um, international types of things. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like I really will go anywhere with you. But for me, my priority is always for us, I think, to work as a couple, I don't, I don't think it would work. I mean, of course it would. But I would not want it to let it. I would not want to have to work it in the long yeah. situation because I have so many challenges. But I know that people do it, and people do it very successfully, and have ten children in the process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that it, it would require um, to be apart. I think some if you were gonna if you were gonna consider being apart, um, trust intention and um some way to nurture that connection yeah um it's extremely the reality is, is that it's extremely to easy to kind of slip out of connection when you're yeah. not seeing each other I mean, every day granted it's easy to slip out of connection when you're just treating each other like roommates too so I don't right know. it's true it, it, it's it's it certainly can happen no matter where you're thinking about it but i mean also my parents did it too so they you know for oh military years, people do this stuff all the time yeah so, you know, they were long distance. He was deployed most of my childhood. Like, for and so my mom was really a single parent, and, and it worked. You know, they did, I mean, I think, she, would they have done it differently? I don't know, maybe, but, you know, but it worked, and they're still together, they're still happy, and... Yeah, I think, things. to me, it seems like the key to it is going to have to be being honest about the challenges while also being committed to the fact that both people made a consensual decision. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. open to the challenges while owning that it was a mutual choice. Yeah. And if it's not, if you're not open to talking about the challenges and if it is not a totally mutual choice, then I would say don't do it either way. I agree. I think that's, that is the key. Whatever decision you make, that is not a place to feel like you have sacrificed. There's going to be some resentment. Well, I mean, you know what? I will say I do feel like I have sacrificed in moving to Pennsylvania. Um, but all that means to me is that I don't feel entitled to anything special. But I do feel like I do feel entitled to some extra sensitivity. And I guess I do feel entitled to having my family's prioritized for vacations but it doesn't mean that I'm entitled to resentment or blaming or projecting aggression or being passive aggressive you know none of those things are okay yeah I think that's a that's probably a good way to put it yeah but when you're making the decision I think um it has to be something a, that you team, own. Yes. it needs to be highly mutual and highly uh, um unemotional yes um, in terms of what you're willing to what what are your willing what are the things that you're willing to give up and what, it, what is that thing that we've said before on the podcast about sacrifice versus compromise or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you make the decision, you can't feel like you're, you can't feel like you're martyring yourself. You have to be like, okay, this is a decision that we both have. Because when Mark and I decided to move here, I was 100% on board. I mean, I made the decision as well. It was the wisest choice. But my emotions were still raw. I guess that's what I mean. That making mm -hmm. a wise choice does require sometimes for you to give certain things up and that's a compromise yeah um you know yeah well i think in our situation not to to belabor this point but yeah Kate, Kate and i could not uh cost of living was a big big issue for us we both loved the dc area um there's a lot of things that we really enjoyed doing um but in order to make ends meet we weren't we didn't have a lot of time to do those things 
Um, and our giant monster house that we bought with our yard and all that stuff was the same price as our one bedroom apartment like that later the one next door sold for so yeah. we just as a teacher and a nurse really couldn't we knew that they, that that wasn't where we wanted to raise children that that wasn't going to be a real yeah. thing for us so we made those priorities and wise choices a big one yeah. and we looked at the reason like looked around and figured out okay you know this is one of those things that makes sense for us and it made sense for us to do it at the time so i think you just need to as a team discuss it's like picking out a ceiling fan, like I just did. Yeah. <laughs> you walk into, you look the hundreds, and you find, like, the hundreds of ceiling fans that there are, and you say, I like this thing. What does my partner like? They like this thing. Okay, let's find the, what do you call it? The lowest common denominator, The lowest right? common, yes. Okay, so, and just really quick, um, and then we can move on to our next question, because this is obviously a really fruitful one. Mm-hmm. There is this um, exercise in, in Gottman therapy, which is the therapeutic method based on the research from the Gottman Institute, where what you do um, is you and your partner both create um, cir- two circles, one small and then another big one around it. So a circle within a circle. And in the inner circle, you write down your non-negotiables, the things that you absolutely, absolutely need that you can't compromise on. And then in your outer circle, you write the things that you're flexible on. And then you and your partner compare the circles. And then you find the lowest common denominator from there. You find what you can, what you can agree on. And then you build and negotiate up from that point. And it is such an effective strategy. Because it takes the emotion out of it. That's exactly it. I love it. that. Yep. I love that. I think, and, and as a teacher, I love the, the tool, the graphic organizer tool that you can use to help you have this Practical and helpful. Mm-hmm. You, can, okay. you two can do it without the $15 copay. It's so true. <laughs> um, $15 is a good copay. Girl. It is a good copay. Um, okay, so the next question comes back from our, oh, actually the next question comes from Julia in D.C. And she wants to know, what are you wearing? Oh my gosh, um, I'm wearing like a dress that is basically just a cloth uh, that has maximum airflow because as you may or may not remember, my house does not have air conditioning uh, and we try very hard to minimize the amount of like um, window units that we use. I'm married to a very environmentally conscious man, God bless him. So I am um, wearing just a very flimsy gray dress and my hair is piled as high up on top of my head as it possibly can be. Mm. What about you? But is there ceiling paint in it? There's no ceiling paint in my uh, hair. Interesting. Mm-mm. Interesting look. What yeah, a choice. I know. Uh, it's really conservative. Caitlin and I are wearing the exact same t-shirt today. Oh, man. We so married. <laughs> now, we, like, really actively tried to avoid this phenomenon. But what happened was we... <laughs> we got these t-shirts to free when we joined the gym and we have literally never wore them and I was looking for paint clothes but because I'm a minimalist in terms of clothing I like, I was like okay we only ever we only have shirts that we love and that spark joy in us yeah in condo and so we only have these free t-shirts so this is what we're painting in yep and you're gonna have to wear them again tomorrow oh yeah and the next day and the next day although it's amazing. But now that you have a bigger house, you can have a, you have space to store your work clothes. Girl, I have three closets in my bedroom. Mm, three. I, you have. I can hear the sheer vastness of your house behind it's you. It's massive. I it's love it. Huge. I can't wait to come visit the Aversa Chateau. Yeah. It, well, right now it's a, an Aversa shithole. <laughs> well, just kidding. You know what? You, I, I was in it for the pun. It's is, really not a shithole. I know. Your house, I believe, has a very nice, sensitive soul and just needs you to love it. Yes. Yes. It really needs, we just keep telling ourselves that. Yes. This house, it desperately is in need of love. It's so happy right. that you found it. 
And I'm, I'm happy we found it too. All right, our next question comes, and our last question mm -hmm. comes back to us from our star, gold star question asker, um, Mr. Alex. I don't know if he wants us to say that, his last name on the pod. Mr. Alex from Alex DC. H. Alex from DC. Um, no, you know what? Alex H read the credits on Radio Lab recently. So Alex H is like, did you know this? What? Alex H read the credits on Radio Lab a couple no! episodes ago. Yes. And so uh, I think, and he said his full name, and he, um, yeah, you'll have to go and listen to it. Yes, I to will. That is that is the closest to Kevin Bacon I have ever been in my entire life. <laughs> I love that. That's very... Uh, I'm, now I'm trying to do my like degrees of Kevin Bacon separation. Okay, oh so what's okay. the question? So the question is a little bit of a downer, but it's something <laughs> to consider. So we're going right from... <laughs> what are we, you should have ended with okay, what are so we wearing. The question is... I know we should have... Uh, rookie mistakes yeah would you want your spouse to remarry if you died or would you remarry if they died ah uh, okay you go first all right well i just told caitlin i don't want her to die especially because we just bought this massive house and she goes yeah i know she was like well you need to uh you need to remember my my life insurance will, will help you pay it'll, it'll pay off the house i was like i mean that's oddly comforting but still gonna gonna come down pretty hard on the don't die i mean it's the argument. least that the community could do for you but <laughs> right but okay so um also just a little pause lauren and let me tell you as your friend who loves you and also understands your death anxiety just answering this question is not inviting bad death vibes onto Caitlin. So, okay, are you sure? I'm very sure that is a you very serious a... cognitive distortion. Yes, <laughs> that is absolutely catastrophizing, and it's magical thinking. So, okay, all right, thank you. You're welcome. So awesome. you can start. There. Oh yeah, so you're incredibly wrong. But even if she does die, you'll get the payout. So that is that's you can tell yourself yeah. that to comfort yourself. I just don't want to have to work on this house without her. I know. But also, I really like her, and I want her to stay around. Um, <laughs> so, um, yes. So I I would want I definitely would want Caitlyn to remarry if I died. Although Ghost Lauren would be hella jealous, and I would haunt the shit out of Caitlyn. Mm, me thinks that if if you died. Um, that like well here's my hope is that if you died and there was any level of consciousness after your death that you would all of a sudden come to have zero jealousy and just feel love coursing through you at all times and then you would be cool that's with a it. beautiful thought but i know myself too well you're gonna get caught in that <laughs> in that middle of the road haunted house type of a situation Hell yeah. yeah but i wouldn't like scary haunt her i would just like you know watch it yeah, like, like just monitor the situation or just like reminder like hey you're out of milk and also you were married to me yeah don't you forget it yeah and uh i would definitely want her to remarry and i think i would i would i would i know that she would want me to um as well i think there's a depth of love that you feel that i mean your heart is can open up and it can definitely accept more than one i know you know that, that's i've seen that in firsthand in, in relationships in my life yeah um yeah. yeah. And I feel the same way that I I think that... Here, wait, hold on. Let me just do a little experiment. Hey, Mark. Mark, take your headphones out for a second. I'm gonna, we're going to do a live, a special... Caitlin got featured on the last podcast, and we get to do a live special thing with Mark. If I die, or if you died, would you want me to remarry? Yes. Yes, Mark would. Why? Uh, because uh, you're still living, and I, you don't need to have me hang over your head. Oh, that's nice, because I'm still... Memory, but I want you to remarry. 
Okay, so Mark says he just doesn't want me to forget him, but he wants me to move on. That's really nice. Yeah, I appreciate that's that. Nice. That's how I feel too. And I feel like I feel pretty strongly that we are capable of loving many people in different ways that are that do not diminish the love that we have for the other people in our lives. Like I deeply love my mom and my dad and I love them equally and would be equally heartbroken if I lo lost them, but they're extremely different relationships and different types of love. I imagine it's similar to like if I ever if I ever lost Mark and got remarried, I would never marry somebody that required me to erase his memory. I would only ever marry somebody who always forever honored the place that Mark had in my life, period. Mm. And I've seen that happen in so many ways. And I just think that, and if I ever married, if Mark passed away and I married, a, you know, somebody who was a widower, I would never ever, it would be very, very important to me that I created ample space for talking about his ex-partner, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, because you can hold those things. You can. And I think that it's such a really limiting idea to think that we can't, even if you've decided that you don't think that you want to marry somebody else. And that's fine. That's a completely valid choice. But I just hope that everybody knows and like can feel in their hearts that you're capable of loving many people in your lives and yes. not necessarily choosing many people, but you have enough capacity in you to love every, literally every single person on planet Earth. I mean, I think that like that would be... If you and I were to sum up our, like, religious beliefs, <laughs> I think that that would That's be all. boiled mm -hmm. down to, yeah. So do you have the space in your heart to love a recommendation for this? Oh, that is a great segue. Thank you. So proud Thank of you. you. I mm -hmm. do. Give me a recommendation, my love. You. You start. Oh, me. Like, I thought you were trying to mark. I no, was like, I was talking Mark's to you. See, I can, hold her. <laughs> I, can, I can talk to you. You and Mark are both my loves. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so... Um, we have had a ton of help on our house lately, which is great and beautiful, and a community is so, so, so important. And one of the things that's fun to do with your community is play games. And so this is my third, I think, board game recommendation on the pod. This one is called Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Ooh, so sounds the, treacherous. Yeah, it is. It's a little bit not scary, not creepy. It's a little bit intense. Suspenseful. Suspenseful. So the, the idea is that you spend the first half of the game building something together, and then all of a sudden there's a betrayal, and like you, and the game switches, and one person is like the betrayer, and they have to leave the room, and they, they get a different like game manual, it's like a choose your own adventure type thing, and they know what their mission is, and the other people get together and figure out what their, that we know what his, what their mission is, and how to stop, and then we gotta figure out how to stop them. Ooh! So it's super fun. The first half of the game is collaborative, collaborative, and the and second half of the game is you betray each other. Exactly. It, it's a very fun game. I highly recommend it. Again, it's called Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Okay, so we're going on a beach trip soon, and that's gonna have to come with us. I it's love that type of game. Yeah. So I have a recommendation for a podcast. I am recommending um, a podcast from the On Being Institute. Do you know On Being? Are you familiar with On Being? Drink. Um, Drink. <laughs> slightly, but tell me more. Okay, so On Being, I'm just going to read you directly from their website. So On Being, uh, the On Being Project is a media and public life initiative. We make pu a public radio show, and that's called On Being, podcasts and tools for the art of living. So they say that their mission is to, per to pursue deep thinking, social courage, moral imagination, and joy, to renew inner life, outer life, and life together. 
And so I'm obsessed with On Being. They have um, Krista Tippett, the CEO and founder, and she's the host of the public radio show, which is also called it's The Eponymous On Being. Um, she interviews the most amazing people and thought leaders and healers and just um, really inquires into like the religious and spiritual life of a bunch of different religious and spiritual leaders out there in the world. Um, she has interviewed the likes of like Bessel van der Kolk, the expert on trauma. Um, um, like I believe she interviewed Rachel Held Evans, but she's definitely interviewed Glennon. She's definitely interviewed Brene Brown, um, many famous like Nadia Bowles Weber and Father Richard Rohr. So a lot of religious leaders. I am recommending not the 90 minute long episodes of On Being, the public radio show, but instead I am recommending the podcast from the initiative called Becoming Wise, which is very short little vignettes from her bigger conversations. And some of the episodes are short as maybe four minutes. Um, There's nothing that is over, I believe, 10 minutes. There's no little clip that's over. Oh, just kidding. There's one that's 11. But they are beautiful little snippets from extremely wise people like um, John Lewis, Eve Ensler, Bessel van der Kolk, I already said. Um, let's see, Eckhart Tolle. Um, um, who else did I just see that was so wonderful that I loved? Ruby Sales, just amazing people. And so I find myself very moved by every little episode that I listen to. Um, they're like little brilliant devotionals and um i recommend um a recent episode from june 3rd called who we're called to become by james martin who is a jesuit priest um, and he talks about um living a life that is in uh, alignment with who we're meant to be and i just have to tell you guys like the on being institute has made me be made me a better like a better thinker and a more spiritual person so just in time for summer and for you to binge all of them and I know especially Lauren that you will love them and I recommend listening in the car with your love so that you can like have some really deep conversations I love it yes oh that's awesome yeah guys I think we we did it we spoused I think we spoused we love you so much and we will see you in the fall see you in the fall I love you Lauren I love you listeners love you too Katie and listeners (laughs) bye bye